When everyone's on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in, how you communicate is key. Everything you type is equally important to collaboration, and Grammarly can help. Think of it as your AI writing partner, empowering you to communicate effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact in the workplace. 96% of Grammarly users say it helps them craft more impactful writing. And as the gold standard of responsible AI, Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. By understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. And with tone suggestions, you can navigate even the most difficult work conversations. You can also save time from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds with one click. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will smart food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. SecondCityHockey.com Jonathan Taves. Commit to us. Commit to the jersey. Commit to our people here. Welcome into another episode of Musings on Madison here on the Second City Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Dave Melton, the site manager for Second City Hockey. It's the middle of the hockey offseason, but we decided to get the usual crew together just for shits and giggles and all our other usual nonsense. So I've got the usual crew with me this evening. First off, you can find him on Twitter at Shepard Price. He's the analytics styling of Second City Hockey, Shepard Price. Hi, if we don't count... Uh, if we, as a society, band together and do the common sense thing and do not count quarantine birthdays, I still qualify for top 25 under 25. Um, I do not, but I, I like I like where your head's at. So, so let's go for it. I have no objections yeah. whatsoever. Yeah, so I, I get two years younger. All right, the, the motion <laughs> motion carries, no objections, motion... Uh, I don't, I don't know what the tap tap it counts. 
whatever. <laughs> also with us this evening, he is the Second City Hockey. What Shirley Manson is the garbage. You can find him on Twitter at Mill182. It is Mill Savage. I don't get to be Butch Big. That's more in my my look zone. All right. Well, I mean, sure. I don't think you're giving me too much credit. Yeah. It, well, I was just I've always tried to stick with like the lead singer thing. Like I didn't want to branch into other positions and roles within bands, but sure. You want to be what hey, it's a garbage that'll work too. Did that Atlantis Morissette garbage and Liz Fair tour happen? I have no idea. I wanted to go to that really bad. Um, well, if it was going to happen in the fall, I got, I might have bets some bad news for you. Cause yeah, I don't right. know. I don't know what the status of uh concerts and everything is going to be again. So um, I'm trying to see my girl Liz Fair, Dave. I can't put it off any longer. I mean, it says they're playing September 11th uh, out in the uh, Tinley Park, whatever the hell that place is called these days. So not, It's not the Tweeter Center or World Music. I don't know what it's called anymore. It's, uh, it's now the Hollywood Casino Amphitheater. It's uh, probably at least its 13th different name. So Thank God. So there you go. So you got about... With its $13 beers. Yeah. So you got three or four weeks. I hope you br- uh, got some binoculars because it's going to be pretty far to see them from the lawn. It's day after armor for sleep. <sighs> oh, ooh. Well, we'll have to talk about that off air. Yes. Uh, also with us this evening, and certainly, last but certainly not least, she is the Second City Hockey Bullen Wall of Text. You can't find her on Twitter, but you can find her at Second City Hockey under the name LBR. It is Betsy. Um, I was going to talk about everybody gets into like holes on the internet. Um, my latest one was in Tree Law. If anybody's ever, <laughs> you guys know what Tree Law is? Like the law of trees? Yeah, laws around trees. So, uh, Reddit has a "Am I the asshole?" Um, oh, great! Great and I, went, I went through that, and then some guy was talking about like he cut up a bunch of roots from his neighbor's tree. He'd never owned a home, and literally just opened up this new world I'd never heard of. And now I'm—I think I'm an expert in tree law in like four different states because it varies, but specifically Minnesota. Very well versed in Minnesota tree law. Well, never will go there, but now apparently. I'm totally in it. I've got a lot of, I've been to the more uh, wilderness parts of Minnesota. They have a lot of trees. They have all the trees. Well, I'll just go ahead and say, if you ever have like a dispute with like a neighbor over anything, plant or shrubbery, um, always talk to officials and an arborist if you can, before you do anything. Like, otherwise you could be liable for lots of money. Where does one find an arborist? (laughs) I would assume. <laughs> there, no, there's like that most like most mid-sized to major cities have have a dedicated arborist. Yeah, they, it's like Viva La Bam, where they have the treehouse party for Arbor Day. Well, I was I was like, there's apparently like there's companies in Atlantic. So I was I was just looking this up for fun, you know, that are like trees like they call themselves tree surgeons, which is a very cool name. Um, but yeah, they're essentially arborists that do specialty things. And I was like, okay, good to know. I don't own a home or anything like I own a condo, so I'm never going to have to deal with trees, but I needed to be an expert in this. So two hours of my time. What is the most interesting tree law that you now know? Uh, So in Minnesota, if you like hurt, like if you do damages to someone else's tree and it ends up killing them, that killing the tree, the person can require uh, like can, can essentially sue for three times the amount of the value of that tree. Um, so if a tree is like one of the, like a really big oak tree and depending on where you're living, say that tree was valued at like $20,000, uh, 
you could essentially get that the other person to not only pay for the removal of the now dead tree, which can cost you know, upwards of like five or $6,000, even more than that, if there's lots of power lines, but you then can request payment for the value of the tree. And that person would then owe $60,000 on top of that. So if a tree falls in Minnesota and nobody is around to file a lawsuit. <laughs> well, it all came up because this guy, like uh, he, his daughter tripped over a tree root that was from his neighbor's tree and he hacked into all the roots. And because he cut into like three, he he admitted to cutting into three different roots that were of a certain diameter. Um, Everybody on there was like tree law, you owe like $60,000. And I was like, what, what is this? Yeah. Rabbit hole. Tree law. All right. Tree law. There's like comics about it and all this other stuff. So I recommend anybody who wants to like, it's, it sounds boring, but it was really, really interesting. And then there's a whole Reddit about it, like this just tree law related. And the stories people have on there, uh, loved it. Again, I, two, two and a half hours worth of my time, completely I, engaged. I am, I'm very familiar with the idea of or just losing yourself in three hours of the internet, just going down random wormholes of Wikipedia clicks or YouTube videos. I have not made it to tree law. Maybe I'll get there one day. Today for me, it was uh, Sean Locke videos. I don't know if any of you guys know who Sean Locke is. He's a British comedian, and he died today, and I'm still devastated because he's hilarious. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I, it's, uh, he's, uh, he's, fame, he's on 8 out of 10 Cats Does Countdown, which is this British show. It's way too much to explain, but I've watched every episode of it on YouTube, and I don't have it anymore. But uh, the tree law is way more way more upbeat than my story so let's stick with the tree law i think uh every time i drill colleton in an article i'm gonna drop my article and am i the asshole on reddit and see what people think (laughs) (laughs) all right um i have no idea how to recover from or how to segue out of the tree law so i guess we're just gonna have to branch into something different oh yeah i hate myself oh hi brandon kane how are you doing been a while they, that's I've, I've been called much worse um so we we've gathered for we've got a purpose actually something we're gonna talk about but uh, quickly we just wanted to dive into the last two weeks of blackhawk news because it's been two weeks since we have convened so uh, in case you've missed it these all these stories are from secondcityhockey.com but the blackhawks signed brandon hagel to a three-year 4.5 million dollar contract worth worth one and a half million every year apparently troy murray revealed he has a, a cancer diagnosis uh, sounded like the prognosis was good and he's still going to work. So that's upbeat. And then a few days later, even worse news, uh, Tony Esposito passed away at the age of 78. That was really a bummer. And I I, I think our staff is very, um, because of our ages, we don't have as much of an emotional connection to that news as other people do. But I've never, it's, I don't want to say, ne- but just the outpouring of stories of people uh, that interacted with Tony Esposito and like every single one of them was positive. And uh, he was a great hockey player. Sound like he was an even better person off the ice. So I don't have any, I unfortunately never met him, but uh, everything you read and heard about the guy said he was just the type of person you want every pro athlete you aspire to be. Um, also Blackhawks news from the last two weeks, they extended my Cardman for two more years. Victor Stahlberg announced his retirement uh, Alex Nylander signed a one-year contract extension, and Mackenzie Entwistle signed a two-year contract extension. That news actually came out today. So, uh, anything stand out to the panel from all of that fun for the last two weeks? 
Nope, didn't thing, think so. All right. Like one of the sad things, but there's 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 many sad things about the Tony Esposito passing. One of the sad things is is like he and Flower are very similar goaltenders, play a very similar style. Like if there was a goaltender you were you you would hope would be alive as a Blackhawks legend to watch Flower, you would hope it would be Esposito. Yeah. But nope. Yeah. How did Bobby Hall outlive all those guys? I have no idea. Yes, thank you. How how the hell is Bobby Hall like, still everybody picking, else is But Stamakita and Tony Esposito, like, the, the the good guys are gone. Pierre Pilat, all the all the good guys are gone. And and fucking Hitler had a few good ideas <laughs> is still here as an well, ambassador. You, you know what, they, what the hell is going they, they, on? Only the good die young. Exactly. Exactly. It's true. It's clearly I don't true. understand like just because of even the amount of partying and stuff, it's like damn. Tony, like Tony Esposito, every time you saw him, like he looked like he was in good physical health. He looked like he could still throw the pads on and go, you know, make a few saves if he needed to. So what? Five years ago, he was in that. Real, he was in like the best Vinny's commercial I've ever seen. Yeah, totally. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, and like he did the. Uh, they did the one more shift with him and his brother. Not all that long ago, I thought. I can't remember the exact. The, did the did year Phil they did. do that? Yeah, it was. They had it's Tony like he, and Phil there. Because he hates, like, he talks shit about the Hawks all the time. Yeah, well, I think he... Yeah, but so did Chelios. Well, that's <laughs> fine. But, like, Phil Esposito is just, like, he's very entertaining. If you ever listen to him on the radio called Tampa, he, like, yells. Like, he drills them on the radio. He's like, why would you do that? That was stupid. Uh, I While uh, speaking of the YouTube vortexes and all that, the, the day that we got the news about Esposito, I was clicking through stuff on YouTube and found probably Don Cherry used to do this thing called Grapevine, Looked like it was like 30 minute episodes where he he would just rant about something for a few minutes and then uh, he'd have a guest on. And this episode I found was the Tony Esposito one. It was right after he'd retired. And uh, it looked like they were just it looked like the set of cheers to me. It just could not be more 1980s if they tried. Um, And Esposito talked about his career and all this stuff. It was was very interesting. Um, I don't I don't have anything else to add other than that. So yeah, moving on, I guess. Uh, the, the main reason we gathered this evening, though, unless you guys have like some really burning Mike Hardman thoughts, I, I don't. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm glad Mackenzie Entwistle and Brandon Hagel are sticking around a few years. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I just uh, thought, yeah. Entwistle like showed some, like Betsy talked about this a lot, like his skating ability was noticeably improved the five games he played with the Hawks this year. So could be interesting to watch him play next year. Good yeah, price, he and Hagel get the opportunities. Right. What'd you say, Mo? A uh, good price on Hagel. Yeah, yeah, good deal. Absolutely. Yeah, there was somebody in the comments that was like, oh, the Nylander deal, I'm glad they only signed them for one year. And I was like, of course, we all think that. But I bet his agent also wouldn't have wanted more than a year either because his pedigree, quote unquote, you know, like unrealized potential is so much higher. I bet that was a deal they both wanted one year if they, like a show me contract. Black I Hawk. thought it was a one last shift contract. <laughs> Might be one last chance type of contract. Hey, if he if he turns out to be good, I'm gonna be in the back being like, I was saying boo earns. <laughs> <laughs> like eating I, my words. I mean, I, I was a huge Michael Nylander fan, so <laughs> I just 92 looks so hard on the jersey. It too. was a good deal for both the Blackhawks. If he's if he ends up being good, then they didn't, you know, he'll get paid, but he won't get paid too much. If he ends up being bad. They could just throw him to ISOX. Um, yeah. While Hagel, 
you know, he was an undrafted kid. So he, he might not repeat what he did last year points wise, but he might put in the same energy and effort, but he may never get 0.5 PPG again. Who knows? He's such a wild card. So good price um, uh, for whatever he does. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, he's, he's going to be fun to. Uh, I like him a lot. Yeah. He, well, I think you are in the minority or majority of the Blackhawks fan base is quite yeah. big fans of him. Uh, so speaking of Hagel, cause no, he, he still qualifies, uh, still qualifies for this list that we're going to talk about is we're starting to put together our top 25 under 25 list. It's kind of a, a thing we do a few times a year here at second city hockey. Um, and we are, we're putting it together. It's going to start hitting the airwaves on Monday. And uh, one thing, I guess what we kind of want to do on this is kind of just dive into something more of the prospects that may not have gotten talked about as much. And we were talking about this a little bit earlier today that it seems like it's more difficult to rank the guys this year because like, I, I think, you know, spoiler alert, I'm pretty sure we're all going to have Alex to break at number one. It's probably going to happen. Uh, but and like, and after that, I think is even starting with number two, it gets pretty open, but there's this giant group of guys that played last season and are still relatively young, but you're not sure if they're going to be in the NHL next season or if they're AHL. So there's just this huge swath of players in the Blackhawks organization that feel like they're all kind of in the same spot. And it's like roughly like numbers, like eight to 20, it seems like where all these players are. So uh, the, re- the main thing I wanted to do is just throw it out to anyone. If there's anybody in particular that you have a very high or maybe even very low opinion of, uh, feel free to start. And uh, I usually start with Shepard. So Shepard, uh, any, anybody in particular that's caught your eye in the last year or someone that might've flown under the radar that you wanted to heap some praise upon? I fully anticipate being the highest person on this guy, but Landon Slager had a hell of a freshman season. Well, on the NCAA. Make, up, make up the echoes. I mean, come on. I'm, I'm going to support a golden domer anytime you do it. So exactly. Like he, he killed it with Notre Dame uh, last season. And I think he, he kind of did it out of nowhere. Right. He was a late round pick. Uh, he third. I want to say third, probably uh, he's, yeah, well, mid, mid, yeah, mid he's, he's, he's Barrett 2.0. Like, yeah, in terms of hopefully with more yeah, ceiling. I mean, yeah, I like Slagger too. I think you will be the person that has him the highest, though. Yeah, third round pick, 79th overall. Yeah, I, yeah, I have him, uh, what, 12th? Yeah, I have him 12th on my list. Well, you don't have I, to give, I, I don't just, have to give I, away can, all of the rankings just yet. Well, I know it's your individual. List. I know, okay. but he's, he's, he's doing, if he can repeat that or do better next season, like, I think he can be a middle six center for the Blackhawks in the future. And like, that's even with doc and Reichel uh, down the middle for the, for a few seasons and in, in a few seasons. And um, like, I think he's got a lot of potential and he showed that this season. Betsy, did you have anyone that you were particularly passionate about? Um, I don't know about passionate. So, <laughs> okay, maybe too strong of a word. Um, someone that you I like Kaiser a lot. Say that. Um, Kaiser. What? Yeah. How do you say his name specifically? So my my when I was ranking these, you know, I had talked to you guys about like, hey, I like the whole like put them in tiers, and when I was doing this, uh, the last few years. Um, even when I wasn't on staff, I would just do it in the comments, 
Which is why we had you do it last year, I think, before you were officially on staff. But I was like, I was like, this is pretty easy to tear them. And then then this year comes and I'm like, ah, oh, there's so much blonde. Like there's so like wiggle, such wiggle room. Um, but I have like where I have Kaiser like ranked, I feel like he has the potential to be much higher. Like I think he could be in the like how we regard like Mitchell. Um because I think he had a better freshman year than Mitchell did, for example. Um, but, you know, it was such a shortened season and he's not super offensive. Um, he's got the skill set for it. But I really liked everything that I saw for him in the NCAA. Um, I like he was just really poised and really good at shut down. Um, I like to stick work, everything like that. Um, so if people are excited about so like, guys who can move really well and are lean into the defensive side of things a little bit more. I think Kaiser That's, will excite people. I, I was just about to ask you because he's a young defenseman from Minnesota. So my mind always goes to Nick Letty, but you mentioned the, like the defensive side of it. So it sounds like he has more of a defensive game than Nick Letty did. Cause yeah. And he's not, he's not huge. Um, I think he's like average size, um, but he's got, I think he was drafted more to be in the line of the Boquist Mitchell kind of style um, just because he put up in um, when he was with the USHS, I want to say with the Minnesota version of that Um, he put up like over a point per game and he drove a bunch of their power play and stuff like that. When he got to Minnesota Duluth, they put him in the top pairing and then he kind of played more the defensive um, guy on that pairing. And he just really did well there. So his points were, his points were fine. I would think it was like 10 and like 30, 28, something like so many games, but he's only like six foot, six foot, 173 pounds. Just yeah. At least that's what well, the Hawks roster has him at. Um, so he's got to put on, like, if he puts on a little bit of weight, you know, he could be in the, like, Duncan Keith kind of uh, weight class um, when he gets a little bit older. But his foundation is really strong. So uh, I watched way more college hockey than anything else. So uh, I can't really, I can't speak to the Euros quite as much. Well, and this this year's rankings are going to be, significantly more difficult than any other ones before because as you mentioned Betsy that's such a weird hockey season last year and uh some guys didn't play at all some guys played in different leagues some guys barely played like it's it's not uh there's there's not as much tape or anything to go off of there's not a lot of scouting reports out there for some of these guys because they didn't have much hockey to play which uh is going to be it's going to be interesting to figure out how this works and um going through just like formulating the list of players for this, I for like there's so many guys that I forgot that have been added to the organization within the last year that qualify for this list now. Like Adam Gaudet is there, uh, Henrik Borgstrom is there, Riley Stillman's there, Caleb Jones is there. Like there, there's a lot of people on this list. I'm like, oh yeah, God, I forgot he's in this group too. They have a lot of guys under the age of 25 that are with some or or with like NHL games on their radar than I feel like they've had in the last four to five seasons, at least by putting this together. It was so, it was, I felt like it was, you know, the top seven or eight guys were NHL talents or first round picks. And then it was a bunch of guys that were like nowhere near the NHL this year. There's a ton of them. And I think that's 
a byproduct of all the the youth movement and everything they've been doing. Mill, who's uh, who's your guy? <laughs> well, I just want to start out by saying a lot of these uh, towards the bottom guys. It's really hard for me to rank because I'm always thinking about how will they translate to the pros. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that game speed is so different, and the college game is different from like the AHL and et cetera. Um, but the the guy that I like a lot who I don't think will be a superstar, but I think it's going to be a really good player played for the Hawks last year. And that's uh Wyatt Kalanick. Mm-hmm. I, I think I he's going to be, I think he was, we had him at 18 last off season and he's probably top 10 easily. I think that he is a guy who like he, because he was a late bloomer, he wasn't really hyped at all, but his fundamentals were so good. And then he didn't have problems just into NHL game speed. So like he's making that half second, you know, that decision half second before everybody else reacts, his react time is really good. Um, he makes really good passes in his own end. And he actually, I think, could be a better offensive player uh, if they use him correctly. He's kind of like Jalmerson passing wise, if that makes sense, in his own zone. Like he could make those passes, but he can, he has offensive awareness as well. So I, I think he's going to be a really usable player. Okay. Uh, the, I, I had two guys that, uh, I don't I just I'm I'm more interested to see more. The the first one is Isaac Phillips, who had some didn't play a ton of games in Rockford last year, but he had some some pretty big highlights that were intriguing, especially for a fifth round pick who I believe would have been in the somewhere in the juniors. Uh I forget which league he plays for. Whichever league OHL. OHL. And that, and they did not have a season last year, if I remember correctly. So he, nope. he got he got the exemption to play with the Ice Hogs. He played in 27 games, scored a couple goals, and was just for a guy who was a fifth round pick and would not have been in the AHL last season, seemed like he afforded himself well. So I'm intrigued to see what else he can accomplish. I'm not sure uh how exactly the next hockey season is gonna shake out because I don't think they know how the hockey season is gonna shake out. And the other guy, and this goes back to the, the as they actually drafted him this year. And I I can't remember, I don't know if I just read a really well-written scouting report or if there were things in there that were just very intriguing to me. But Ethan Del Mastro in the fourth round that the Hawks picked this year, something about him that I was reading or watching something clicked in my head to like, I, I like keep an eye on this guy just to see what happens. I don't think I'm going to have him in my top 25 because he's a fourth round pick this year. And there's uh, as we've talked about already, there's a ton of guys ahead of him, but that's one guy that I'm intrigued by. So we'll see what happens with him wherever he goes this season. Um, but yeah. Any, any other names? For, like, we gave everybody one, but I don't know if there's anybody else that uh, you guys were particularly intrigued by or interested in. I, I learned all of uh, Arvid Soderblom. Yeah. He, I had trouble trying to decide where I wanted to put him because like Camesso is technically a better prospect and I like his foundation better, but Soderblom has better stats on a worse, like it's still a decent team in the SHL, but he played more games and had great numbers. So do you put them together or do you break them apart? I kind of have all my like. And, and it's also a Blackhawks European scout find. So that immediately is like puts him. Yeah. Yep. He's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I originally had all three, I had three goaltenders on my list and I just had to drop one. Who do you have? Who's the other goaltender? Bass. Oh yeah. I wouldn't put him in the top. He had, <laughs> he had, he floundered a little bit this year. 
That's um, a, speaking of him, uh, one of his teammates, Josiah Slavin, had a interesting. Seemed like every t- there was a reporter, and I forget her name, but it seemed like every time she would tweet about Colorado College, Josiah Slavin scored a goal. So that's another guy. Like, just keep an eye on it. I don't. Cool. I don't know how good he's going to be. He was a very late round pick, but I think he was. A I mean, rounder, the but. same thing could be said about Connor Kelly, who just got. Um, he's an. He was an. I think an overager technically in the draft this year, and I think would they pick him in the fourth round? That sounds like yeah. third round to me, but I can't remember. All I know is that I like him. Um, the the Blackhawks this draft. Um, I think they reached for Allen, but everybody else. I've other than Harding, who I don't know anything about. <laughs> yeah, I don't think anyone does. Harding, again, I still don't. Again, he's big and he's Scottish. <laughs> no, I was like, I still don't. He's big and he's Scottish. I still don't know anything. So I would have else, to talk in the Scottish accent for the rest of this pod. I think they did a good job of picking like, like shotgun effective. Maybe one of these guys could be a uh, boom, um, like a diamond in the rough. Um, I think honestly, anybody past like the top 10 that we're going to rank um, are going to be those, like, I might rank him 20, you know, 23rd and he might end up being a superstar. You don't know these guys who, the, who helped, who, who knows? They're just so. It, it is. There's a, um, I'll, I'll, I guess. That's my I'll, problem too. They're kids. Yeah. I, I'll peel back the curtain a little bit. Like I, I think I wrote this last year when we did our round table reactions to it for after 21 to 25, I wrote like, I don't really like you can only read and write so much. Like none of us are hockey scouts. We watch probably more hockey than probably is healthy, but uh, we like, I, I don't know how you differentiate between the guy at 21 and 24. It's just kind of, I don't want to say you flip a coin, but at some points like, it's really hard to figure out what the difference is between these two guys. Or you never know any, but like Hagel was like what 19th or 20th last year. 17th. Yeah, so Just ahead of wide caliber. Yeah, okay. So you've got those two guys who I think all of us are going to have. We had Matthew either in our Highmore. top ten or right, right around it. We had Matthew Highmore and Lucas Carlson ahead of both of them because they had more experience. Like it's the it's the age old question of do you go by ceiling or yeah. do you go by experience? And some of these guys I have on my list, like I go back and forth on Caleb Jones because I don't like if you're going by ceiling, I don't think he's anything more than a maybe competent third pairing so i'm gonna have guys like phillips who i actually think could maybe have top four potential i gotta put over him right yeah well i i don't know like that that's a tough right exactly it's the back and forth i'm like yeah yeah Yeah, because like 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 you were saying but like to caleb jones credit like he made the nhl and like a lot of these plenty of these prospects will never make the nhl like that's the that's the I know how that feels. <laughs> um, NHL? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm an overager now, but uh, you, you know what? Dude, it's hard because scouts, like when we read scouting reports, they all look at different stuff. So mm-hmm. it's like for for some people, obviously we all look at like analytics and game tape, but they're looking at things like how is this guy skating? How is he on his edges, inside, outside, strong side, far side, you know, all this stuff. And then like stick positioning and things like that. And it's like, for me, it's like, with the Hawks and we talk about system a lot, but it's like, they're going to need guys who can skate. So their scouts might rank guys who are better skaters, faster skaters. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like that's every pro like with every Hawks draft pick this year, like my number one question is, can he skate? Like that's cause that's the way the league's going is, can you skate? I like all the other stuff's cool. And like it, and it helps you be a good hockey player, but like, it's like the yeah. foundation now is, can you skate? Cause if you can't skate, well, everybody, I mean, but- 
the <laughs> second Doc's little brother. <laughs> yeah, and and yeah. All, but also also skating is, is fixable. Again, remember that Alex Dabrinkat fell in the draft a because he was small, which was dumb. But B, because like one of the knocks on him was his skating, and he fixed that. Yeah, well, like, skating is fixable for some, because Nikita Zadorov, you cannot fix his skating, <laughs> even though he filed for arbitration. I think you. I think it has to be up to the player whether or not they're going to do that. Yeah, you gotta, he might not have thought. Yeah, he might not have thought his skating was bad. Like, like he seemed to think he was a. I mean, he he's asking for what, how much money, you know, and got how much money. Um, or is he still an arbitrary? I don't know. Um, but Dabrinkit knew his, like, from the beginning, he pretty much said, and I'm going to work on my skating. Um, yeah. So, And again, Mackenzie Antwistle is your is your uh, your evidence or for you put in the work, you can improve your skating. I, I think especially when, these- especially when like, the, I, like some of those guys, like, I don't, I imagine once you become part of a professional hockey organization, as opposed to being in juniors, you have access to a lot more, uh, resources such as coaches who can really help you become a better skater or a better shooter or a better passer or what have you. Well, yeah, a lot of these guys too play throughout different leagues, be it college, ECHL, AHL, the Q, whatever it is. So it's like when you're playing against different types of competition, that factors in as well. Like if you're a child playing with men or if you're playing with guys who suck, you're better. <laughs> like Connor McDavid. Like, I mean, obviously he's that good, but like, you know, he was running over his league. He got uh, the special exemption to play at 14 or whatever. Yeah. And, and like, by the time he was, like, his last OHL season, I think he was on the line with Stroman to bring it. And, like, I think they all, like, all three of them had 100 points. But that's, like, there's that that line between, yeah, you're so much better than everyone else, but you're really, really dominating in a way that's impressive. Yeah, and then you play against – uh, NHL defenses who are top line pros and they have coaches who, you know, know how to shut you down. You're going to struggle. It's, it's just, it's so hard to figure, like you can't predict it. Yeah. I'm glad, glad it's not my full-time job. I just, I don't have to, I don't have to be a, uh, an NHL scout. I can just be an armchair one on the internet. I just learn about these children from reading Shepard and Betsy's pieces because like, I don't know what I'm talking about. Let's be honest. These are large, that's, large ice. That's children. our new second city hockey model. We don't know what we're talking about. Let's be honest. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I think that's pretty much most of the prospect stuff we want to talk about. We've got some few other things that, that we're going to dive into quickly on a far less serious tone. So, yeah. So come back on the other side of this timeout for all of that stuff. Today's episode is brought to you by cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Welcome back to Musings on Madison. And as promised before the break, one to kind of, you know, it's the off season. It's the middle of August. Um, you know, the Justin Fields is taking over the city of Chicago. Hockey's not really on the forefront of anyone's minds. So we kind of wanted to maybe step away from the uh, too in-depth uh, conversation and dive into something a little more off kilter this evening. So we put out a few feelers for some questions from 
from Twitter, from the comment sections of Second City Hockey. So we're going to answer a few of those, uh, maybe talk about some food things, then we're going to get out of here. Uh, so this question I got from on Twitter from uh, Peter Evans, who's on Twitter at underscore Midwesterner. It's a little bit of inside baseball because I know Peter and he's asking for our best Hawks road trip story because he probably wants me to talk about the one that we were on together, which we went to Columbus. Chris Ball, Huey gave up 10 goals and we almost died on the way home and the worst snowstorm of all time. But I think my, my best Hawks road trip story is quite simply, I was at the game where Brent Seabrook almost killed David Backus. And yeah. I have never in my life been so confident that 15,000 people wanted to fight me. There was palpable rage inside that building that I cannot, I can't really describe it to you that well. I just know I felt like I was in danger and I thought somebody was going to fight me. And then at the end of that game, after uh, I think Barrett fucking Jackman scored the overtime goal, I had a 10 year old kid in front of me yelling, suck it repeatedly and pointing at me. And it's his mom was laughing at me. So, so, so there's that story. Uh, Anybody else have a good Hawks road trip story? Well, if you're going by best game moment on a thing, then mine's the Patrick Kane hat trick in the playoffs. But if you're going by events on a road, because I'm not from Chicago and my family went up there, but if you're going by events that happened on the road trip. That, that some, uh, some of column A, some of column B, pick, pick your favorite. It's open. Um, my favorite trip I've ever taken was to Nashville um, the game was inconsequential. I don't even think the Blackhawks won. I'm pretty sure they lost. Um, but we obviously hit the bars. It was like a girl's trip afterwards. And we got like sucked into this like bachelor party that was going from bar to bar. Cause one of my friends is like, she makes friends wherever she goes. So she ended up getting like, they had these t-shirts that had, you know, like a list on the back of them. And, you know, they were like, get, get a woman to buy you a drink or get, let them motorboat you, you know, some of them were gross and some of them weren't Sounds um, like a bachelor party. Exactly. And so they were doing, you know, the bars up and down Broadway, but my friend made friends with one of the guys on the group. So we just were walking with them the entire time. I got a ton of free drinks. I didn't have to do anything gross on any of the lists. So that was nice um, to get them either. Um, but my friend, Got she danced on a bar that was great um, to watch. She got to she went up and did karaoke at one of the ones that's named after a country star. Um, she got her picture on the wall of uh, Tootsie's, and it was by far hands down one of the most fun trips because I didn't pay for anything. I got pretty drunk, but I didn't have to do anything like skeezy to get them. <laughs> Now, I, my only follow-up question is, what are the odds that this friend that you are talking about is going to listen to this podcast? It's She's not. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's that's good. She's, she's not going to care, though, either. No, I, I, I figured, but I was just uh, She's in L.A. now, so uh, her team is the Kings, and she does it. The only players she could have named were, like, Quick and Kopitar, maybe. Um so she's not really into hockey. She was, she's one of those people's like, I have a Jersey and yeah, I'll go to the game with you because it's Nashville and there's drinking involved. And yeah, you I can mean, get, that's, that's, it's still not a bad night. Like I think you can convince a lot of people to go to a hockey game. Like, Hey, there'll be booze. Yeah. I just, we yeah, got me booing from the 300 level. <laughs> it was, it was, an, it was an afternoon game and we got there and I hadn't had 
anything for breakfast, but we went up to the club level and the, we were, we missed the, the, um, anthems and the lady that was giving us our drinks, I was like, give me a double. And she goes, okay. And she started pouring the shot and she kind of just let it overflow a little bit. <laughs> so we were drunk from like the beginning all the way to the end. Cause we just walked out and went to bars after <laughs> that so it was a really fun trip that I for some reason remember pretty well considering how much alcohol was involved but I highly recommend getting drunk in Nashville <laughs> <laughs> that's I've, I've heard that uh maybe uh I don't know maybe <laughs> I might have to wait a few months unfortunately before any more road trips happen um, oh also Nashville like t- Tennessee in general is gross um right now <laughs> yeah the weather's terrible it's super hot yeah um, yeah once you wear get... masks you're gonna get okay you're gonna have a bad time <laughs> wait till fall that's when you go okay all right i got you so like november well i didn't even see when the hawks the hawk schedule is out see when they play nashville but uh miller shepherd do you, either one of you have any hawks road trip stories to share with the class i mean i've been to hawks games in both boston and la but i was living in those places at that time <sighs> so no road trip stories uh, no, no, what about you? The last game I went to before the uh, COVID was actually on the road in Pittsburgh because my family's from Pittsburgh, so I go there a lot. And I remember being so excited to finally see in person Kirby Doc and Adam Boquist, and they were both scratched. <laughs> and I, I, I wanted to climb across the seats to the bench and punch Jerry Collison in the face. Um, uh, but, you know, the actually coolest, uh, like, wasn't a game, but I went to – the hall of fame in Toronto, uh, the summer after they won the cup in 13 and they did a different day for every team. And if you wore that gear, you got a discount. So I wore a bowling Jersey and there's tons of Hawks fans. It was really cool. And then I went into a store, uh, next to the, I don't know what it's called now, but the ACC where the Leafs play. And, uh, some guy who was ringing me up was like, Oh, you got a bowling Jersey. I was like, yeah, he's like, those are his parents right there. They're just walking out. <laughs> Cause he just had got traded to Toronto. Uh, so that was, that was pretty cool. But uh, other than that, nothing really. I've seen the Hawks at the UC a billion times, but I don't go to too many road games. Unfortunately I should. They're fun. I, I, I highly recommend like once uh, I, I like, I don't, we don't have no idea what it's going to look like in terms of attendance and everything this winter, but highly recommend road trips for sports in general. Like I have a group of friends. We go see the bears on the road every year. And that's always a good time. It's a good way to you. You have an excuse to explore a random city. You have an event to plan around, and it just like it, it kind of your uh, you you can pick a city, but like there's some sort of organization to it, to where like you can check off a list. So like it it kind of, it just helps give you a tangible thing to plan around instead of just like I don't know like you know throwing a dartboard at the a map of the U.S. and saying I'm going to go here instead. Um. I'm trying to think if I have, I, I don't think I've, I, I don't think I can top Betsy's uh, Nashville hygiene because like the time I haven't been to Nashville. Like I feel like all the towns I've been to have been a little bit more uh, subdued, like Denver and. Uh, oh, I partied in Denver on a Hawks trip too. You guys just need to party more. I think <laughs> <laughs> go with a bunch of girls and yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm not saying I don't want to do that. It's just a lot harder than it sounds. <laughs> to get a bunch of girls to want to go on a Hawks road trip with me and party. That's uh, true. I'm all here for it. 
I always, I, when I'm, when I, we're planning trips, we always pick like, um, I always try to force my friends into picking cities that uh, have hockey in them. And they don't always coincide with Hawks games. Cause like the trip I was in with Dallas um, didn't have, it was, I don't remember who it was. I just remember uh, Patrick Sharp had a hat trick in it. And I was like, that's good enough for me. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, you just have to like force your friends to be like, okay, you want to go somewhere in this area? Let's go to Boston. I've been to D like I've been to the Caps games a bazillion times. Cause I have friends in DC. But Isn't it you know, weird seeing like two hockey teams play without the Hawks in it? Like uh, it's a different feeling. It have you is. guys ever done that? You're not in. Uh, I, I did blues and blues. Yes, it is. It is very weird. It's weird to watch a hockey game and not have like like in person and not having a a emotional reaction to what is happening on the ice. Yeah, shootouts yeah, it's, it's, are fun. It's yeah. very weird, says the person who covered and is now a fan of the Vegas Golden Knights. <laughs> like I'm in Pittsburgh a lot, so usually if it's summer, I go see the Pirates. But like I've seen, I remember I had Steeler tickets, and the day before the Penguins were playing Vancouver. So what a weird matchup, right? But I went to that, and Tortorella was still a coach, and he was like doing one of those where he was trying to fight everybody, and he's just like super hot and yelling. You could hear him, <laughs> and I'm just like, you know what? I'm here for this. Um, I got to, when my New York trip was they were playing the Wild. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I know it was like, I was like, this is going to be a boring game, but it was, it was okay. Panarin scored. That was cute. Um, I got him coming out of the, like, I got to go, my, my friends are, they at least indulge me. Cause I'm like, I got to watch warmups if I have a player that I care about. And obviously I care about Panarin. So I was like, I'm going to watch. Um, though they don't let, they don't let people get near the glass at um, Madison Square Garden, unless you're a kid. So they were like, children can come. And I was like, I'm fine with not going down there. I just want to be able to see and take pictures like a fangirl. Because <laughs> I am. Uh, I mean, like during Hawks warmups, I'm usually at Steelworks. <laughs> uh, exactly. <laughs> uh, the Blackhawks play in Nashville on April 16th, last game. Looks like the last game. They also the- play. Um, and New Year's Day. New Year's Day, yeah. Because um, one of my friends hit me up about it who is going to be in town in Atlanta during that time period. And then was like, we could always road trip up to Nashville and you could hit your game. Cause it's an afternoon game and we could still party. And I was like, uh, I don't know if I'm young enough for that. <laughs> like we'll take it. Take That's going to be my excuse because I'm, I'm we've, as we've already established, I'm significantly older than everyone else in this group. So that's going to be my excuse. I was too old to party. Yeah, but Dave, we're both from Northwest Indiana. So, like, once you hit a certain age, we're all just the same person. <laughs> <laughs> you just like drinking beer. You don't, you don't know. Rock music. And the thing is, Shepard and Betsy, you guys don't know how accurate that statement is. Like, we all dress the same. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm closer to your, your guys' age than I am Shepard's. Shepard's a baby. I think Shepard's the same age as my brother. I wish I was mm. that age. I think. No, my brother's a little younger than you. But, like, uh, I mean, it doesn't matter after a certain point. You're older say, You're older than the doc son. You're fine. You can, you can get in, like, at, like once at some point in your 20s, it's like as long as everyone can get into the bar, you're fine. And then I think once you, once you progress into your 30s, like, there is a point where you, anybody under 30, for the most part, you really don't have as much time for them anymore, I feel. Just because it's... Yeah. You know, different people 
I'm a day older than Kevin Lincoln, and that's all I care I, about. I found out uh, recently that I am, the, I'm as the, with the White Sox game on in the background, I am the same age to the day of Lance Lynn, who is also from Indiana. So we're basically the same person. Although Lance Lynn's only, th- Lance Lynn is young. I thought Lance Lynn was older than that. Thanks. He played for the Cardinals forever. I hated that guy in the Cardinals. But now, now that I'm divorcing the Ricketts, I have no preference. Yeah. So, um, so there's that. Uh, well, I, I, I guess we're out of, uh, that was the, the one main question I wanted to get to the other one. Oh, hang on. I had to pull this up because we got to, I, I requested off topic questions and, uh, we got one that was, uh, this is from hockey life. The handle is, it starts spelling Blackhawks and there's a bunch of numbers. So this might be a bot. I don't know. But said, uh, do you think taking on a second mortgage and a small upfront cost of fixing a house up to be a rental property is worth the time and the money? And uh, as a licensed real estate appraiser, I will tell you, uh, just let someone else buy the house because other people should be allowed to buy houses because it's a really difficult time to buy houses right now. So just sell the house. Let someone else buy it and have a house. That's my professional opinion. Um. So there we go. There's that one. Uh, any, any other ones that I missed? I think there's a food take that we wanted to dive into because uh, it's been two weeks, so I have no idea whose turn it was. Can uh, I ask a question before you guys go? Go ahead, Betsy. I have a question. Um, if you had to like recommend something that you started watching TV-wise recently, what would it be? Because I need a new TV show. Ted Lasso. Like, uh, what, I'm yes. watching Ted Lasso yes. already. Okay. What, what what services do you have access to? Um, anything. Honestly, I could just get logins from friends. I'm not. <laughs> do you? Do you? That's do you? The best answer. Do you already watch Doctor Who? I do watch Doctor Who, and it's right. um her last se- like she just wrapped, so I'm sad. Oh, I I'm rewatching uh, Eleven because that's my Doctor. Oh, yeah. Um, I get that. I have. I'm, go ahead. Sorry. All right. So, like, this is goes back to the Sean Locke thing I was talking about earlier. They're all on YouTube. It's it's like a comedy and game show all at once. Uh, it's called Eight Out of Ten Cats Does Countdown, and like, there's there's the game has it's it's a bunch of comedians playing a game show where there's uh you got there's a bunch of anagrams and there's uh, math equations. You got well, not equations, but they give you six numbers. They put a three digit number on the board and you got to get, use those six numbers to get to the three digit number. And it's, again, it's just a bunch of comedians making fun of each other. You learn a lot about uh, the geography of England in terms of uh, like, (laughs) who's like, where all the stupid people in England are from, where all the rich assholes in England are from. Like, and then you learn, you get all the British accents and anytime any, they have a few Germans that pop up from time to time. And apparently anytime anybody, any German shows up on the show, World War II references get trotted out, so that's pretty good. Um, so this is just like watching the front. Sure. <laughs> so that's that's, that's my recommendation. Eight out of ten cats is countdown. They're all on YouTube. Yeah. Okay. Uh, there's a really good show uh, if you like D and D or slash fantasy at all called Dimension Twenty on Dropout. I do like the uh, what the hell is Dropout? Col- uh, college humor. Do you did, did you watch I college, college humor, back? humor back in the day? College. That's it's College Humor's platform. Good luck. Okay. Is that like a streaming service you have to pay for? Mm-hmm. Holy but it's definitely but it's, 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 it's very much worth it because of Dimension 20. 
I didn't was not aware the college humor a still existed and B was. Oh yeah. Things. Wow. All right. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I learned something new this evening. This is a very informative podcast. I'm just saying I like had to go back to my, like I was building furniture and now I'm like in a hole of SVU. <laughs> I need to get out. Sounds like you need to take a road trip to Nashville. Well, or maybe again. No, not right now. I don't go outside right now. I don't do any road trips in the summer if I can help it. Oh, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> the South is gross. Okay. Yeah. In general. Yeah. Yeah. Stay inside where the air conditioning is. <laughs> exactly. Um, All right. Also, I'm not going to get on a plane right now either. Well, <laughs> I have to in a few days. And it's really brutal is I have to wake up early to go to the airport. And the night before, I'm going to be at the United Center for wrestling. Le- <laughs> Uh, please, if there's any drunken really passengers, please uh, record it and put it on the internet so they can be publicly shamed. <laughs> I'm going to be the drunk ass passenger. I'm going to be drinking the aluminum bottle beers at are, the, are you flying, the airport. I just hope you're not flying Spirit because I don't think you're. No, I think I'm flying Midwest. Okay. Southwest, Southwest. Okay. Sorry. It's cheap. It doesn't matter. It's a two hour flight. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, give me a stupid ass snack and I'm going to try to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the drinking's for. <laughs> I, I will say, like, just whenever I fly, getting to the airport, like, an hour or two early, I feel is so worth it because, like, once you get through security and everything, like, that's when your vacation begins. Go get a beer, go get some food, and just sit and just hang out because, like, you you, you got your bags packed, you got through security. All you're doing is waiting for a plane. That is the I feel like that is the best time because your vacation is just beginning. You have all the optimism and all the possibilities for it. So uh, this is advice for Mill. This is for advice for everyone. If you're flying somewhere, leave a few hours early and just like just chill at the airport. Well, you know what happens to me is my full given name is is very European. So I always get searched. <laughs> I'm always taking my shoes off and stuff. It's terrible. Oh, God. I'm literally going to fly in like some slides and a pair of sweatpants because I don't want to deal with it. Uh, my yeah, I'm, I have a very boring name and a very standard appearance, so I I, I that I get that's a that's a perk that I have is I usually get through security pretty quickly. I look pretty unassuming. Also, also not tall, so that doesn't help either. Um, all right, so yeah. we got <laughs> we got a food take. It's a little. You know what? Like it's it's on the precipice of fall right now. Like I, I mentioned at the top, like football's happening. Um, I get those. I I feel like summer's starting to wind down just a little bit. Like school's back. Um, too early for that. What's wrong? Premier League. I know it's really weird that they start school in mid-August. I My cousins like, went back to school today. I'm like, are yeah. you kidding me? I thought like you didn't start until at least like the mid twenties of August is when school is supposed to start, which feels like that's the way it should be. Like let kids have summer. But anyway, the whole point of this is that raise twenty eight to the rafters. Uh, who probably shares the title of biggest Steve Larmer fan on the internet, frequent commenter at Second City Hockey, um, wanted to offer the take on, or just what is your take on chili versus soup versus chowder versus gumbo versus all, I, I'm guessing the the entire uh, genre we're dealing with here, for lack of a better term, is like <laughs> brothy, liquidy dishes that go get served in a bowl. I guess what's, I, like what's your what's your number one out of that group? Rank well, I got, soups. I, well, chili's not a soup. Chili's chili. I think we've See, had. I got this thing. I got this thing to say real quick. When uh, when shows were still a thing, my band when we'd have to go on the road and like play somewhere far, we'd play a game. It'd be called "Is It Soup," 
and we would name like liquidy things and everybody has to give their take and majority wins. So you could do like chili or you could say, is ice cream a soup? And like, yes. there'd just be a game. You no, know what I mean? They're just no, to entertain so, yourself. Yes. It has to be hot. Well, see, but that's no. your opinion, right? No, but there's but there what about, cold what about there are cold soups. Yeah, yeah exactly. There are cold soups. Good news, everybody. I brought enough gazpacho for all. <laughs> First, ice cream's a dessert. It's not like, no. I, I ice cream is not ice cream. Desserts can be sandwiches. Desserts can be burgers. Desserts can be many things, Dave. Burgers. I'm, I'm from Northwest Indiana, so we eat lemon rice soup every fucking day. That's true. <laughs> shout out, shout out to the commander. But yeah, it's in my fridge right now. Uh, I don't. We can't even define what a soup is. I don't even know how well, we're going to get to the second part of this conversation. Soup is based on how much liquid is in it. So. There's like a specific amount of like liquid that makes it a soup. So like that's What's like the question like, though. The legitimate definition, the difference between like a stew, a chili, and a soup is Yes, thank you. I was gonna say I was gonna say what's the difference between stew and a soup. Well, is uh, it like is the question like think, what do we I like? think the idea is just it's just like you're you're gonna pick your winner out of this entire group of chilies and soups and I guess chowder, which I'm not familiar with because I haven't been to New England enough. Um so a soup contains enough cooking liquid to fill a bowl and allows its ingredients to float. Stews contain enough contain a bit of cooking liquid to simmer the other ingredients. Are, is did you just Google that? Is that I did like, because I was like, like you were reading that from somewhere. I okay, then chili is a stew. Uh, I guess. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, look, I'm just gonna start. Chili is yeah, number one. Chili stew. is the best of all of these dishes. No, chowder is the number one. Uh, it's chowder. I don't I haven't had enough again I feel like you have to go to New England for that and I've been to New York for like two days and so oh, I, no, you can have like corn chowder like, please, tell me, please tell me you did not waste one of your New York meals on Manhattan clam chowder because that is one of the worst creations ever made I, Why did, the, clam chowder does not need to be tomato based thank you Okay, I, I didn't. I, had a I, I, I have like like I didn't know that chowder is a thing. Honestly, like the, the I, I just thought it was another type of soup. I didn't. Corn really chowder is actually really good. Yeah, I was gonna say chowder, I like I love chowder. corn chowder, um, shrimp chowder, mushroom chowder. I like corn um, chowder. It's like spicy. It's really good. All right, but I, I'm I've had a really good. It's better than chili. Um, Ch- it's. Clam chowder. You haven't had clam chowder enough. I've really. had. I've had like, clam it's chowder. Just, it is, is that the red or the like, white? The white. White. I have no, a recipe. Cool. That's um, a very, you're all too young for him. That very crucially, like the white. You might like. Uh, I use fake meat, obviously, but I make a, a cheeseburger soup. Interesting. Mm. And it's like really good, but it's kind of like chili because you have that beef in there. Um, so I think soups can be more custom. See, I, there are a lot of soups. Yeah, there's a lot of soups. Chili is a very specific type of stew. Soup yes. is like a generic phrase for a bunch of liquid-based food items. I feel like I need soup in my life the most because, like, if I'm sick or if it's cold, you yeah. know, just like consistently. Not saying it's my favorite. Yeah, if you're sick, you do not want. Uh, warm cream, which is what chowder is. That's yeah, absolutely not. 
a weird sentence. Um, <laughs> sorry. I mean, oh, girl. That's a terrorist. You have to get into like what's gumbo. Gumbo is like a soup stew because it's both. Like I, I feel like that. Like I, I, I've had like some versions of gumbo, but I feel like I'm not. Again, I feel like that's another topic. I another. Uh, food yeah, gumbo that I'm hybrid, anywhere right? you're qualified to discuss. I, 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 I am of the opinion. I am of the opinion you want gumbo to have the same consistency as chili. I guess it depends on what. Like, are you talking about like uh, seafood gumbo, or are you talking because you know it goes over rice, so you don't want it to be super liquidy. So yeah, I guess I could see that. Is gumbo but, like a hybrid? Um, it's. I, I always considered it like a, a thick soup. But yeah, I guess it really is. I've never had it before. I'll, I'll say when it's in the pot, it's very liquidy. But when you're putting it in your bowl over over rice, you're not putting enough for it to like anything to float. Yeah, because the rice probably soaks that up too, right? Yeah, exactly. So you're like trying to get it. Not all gumbo is served over rice, but most gumbo is. I've That's a very like, big thing with gumbo and rice because they're all from the same area. The closest thing I've had to gumbo is just having yats, which... I feel like is a very like fast foodized version of it, but it's still very, like I enjoyed it immensely. And there used to be one up here that recently closed. And I still haven't recovered from it. You, you put in thickening, you know, you put in thickening into gumbo, which you don't do in most soups. I, you well, know, I mean, you start with a roux. So that, yeah, that's exactly. Really so yes, yeah. I, I agree. To, I probably do. I need to start writing down all these food. To, and I need to like, I still haven't ventured around to grits, even though I, I saw some at the grocery store and I'm like, I could buy this and try and make it myself, but. I had grits this morning, but they were instant. Mm. They were good though. I had them with <laughs> They were still good. I want to <laughs> try it too, because I cook old fashioned oatmeal almost every morning. Ooh. Like not oatmeal, but like. Oatmeal. All right. Does oatmeal count in this group? <laughs> no, oatmeal is oatmeal. Okay. Well, <laughs> like I make like straight up oats. Like it's not really watery. Mm. Okay. So, all right. So, like, I've declared chili. It sounds like Shepard is putting chowder into his number one. Mill and Betsy, what's your your number ones out of this group? Out of this whole like out of all the ones we just listed? Yeah. You got you got to pick a winner out of uh, all of these: soup, stew, chili, chowder, everything. Ch- chili is my favorite. Like, chili if I'm is making a stew, it, though, we just said that. <laughs> Well, yeah, I know, right, but but chili is like my favorite one of this entire category. That's what I was getting at. Is if I if I had a favorite of a category of stew, it's going to no, be gumbo. Yes. But if I was going to pick, if I had to eat only stews or only soups, I'd probably go soups. Yeah. Because I like a larger variety of soups than I do of stews, even if the best of the bunch is a stew. Does that make sense? I think I, I that's a Texas size ten. I think I think the thing like is <laughs> chili is awesome by itself. Like you can make cornbread or whatever, but but like uh, yes, and if you have soup, like I want tomato soup with a grilled cheese or something. You know what I mean? Like you want something with it. Soup's like a side. Uh, if you, you don't have enough, to have if it you put side. enough stuff in soup, it can be a meal. But then you're it's like you might as well just make chili. Yeah. <laughs> mm. You you need a side with soup. Uh, you need like what about like chicken noodle soup? You don't need a side with that. Um, I mean, you can have a side with that. It's actually really good in like a bread bowl. But a grilled cheese, a grilled, <laughs> no, I'm a so, grilled cheese with your chicken noodle soup. A grilled, I think you need a grilled. Cheese I think soup, soup is the side. 
I think that that might be the difference. Soup is the side. That's what I'm saying. The main course. Or like you get soup and salad. I guess it can. Yeah, I mean. Chili's only ever a side if you go to like Wendy's or something. But like when people make chili, like that's what they eat. Like, like they're, they're, for me, like there's nothing better than like a Sunday in November, December with you make a huge ass pot of chili and you watch the Bears at noon and then the Hawks at six. That is the ideal Sunday in November, December for me. We decided chowders or soups, right? And lots of chowders are main courses. I'm I'm still I'm gonna have to. Look I think up it depends what, on the soup you're. More soups can be sides, but and almost all stews are the main course. But there are soups that can be main courses. Like I guess it's cultural too. It depends on the soup. Because like for me, like Serbian style, it's like you have soup at like every huge meal. But that's like what you eat first, and then you eat the meal. Mm. You don't like just it's have the, soup. It's the first course. Yeah, I think soups are supposed to be like a, I don't know if they're a side. I think they're the first course. I think soups are supposed to be like an appetizer. That's. Kind of like, like we'll have salad like, sometimes first too. Yeah, like in, in fancy restaurants, you'll have like a super salad, a soup or salad. Uh, right. The yeah. old the old the old super salad joke. <laughs> that like that's the first that's the first like serving, and then you go with your entree. Yeah. All right. But if All you right, ordered well, soup for the first course and chili for the entree, then you're just an <laughs> asshole. <laughs> I mean, liquid. I just I think there's like like. Jambalaya and a bunch of other soups that can be main soups. It just depends See, on. Yeah, we're, we're just gonna need to make a. We're gonna need to do an article. It'll just be two columns. It'll be one will be soups and one will be stews. <laughs> and we will uh, just everything under that sun can be placed in there. Two pickles. Shout out. <laughs> right, Stu well, Crimson. Shout out. <laughs> okay. Well, I think. Um, I think that's that's a good place to end this episode of Musings on Madison now that we're firmly off the rails and just crash into a bowl of soup. So uh, so thanks for listening to this episode. Um, I, I'm on Twitter. I forgot to mention, I, I'm back on Twitter again. Uh, it's at SCH underscore Dave M. Mill is at Mill182. Shepard is at Shepard Price. Betsy's not on Twitter, but you can find all her stuff at secondcityhockey.com under the name LBR. That's where you can find all of our stuff. Um, the top 25 under 25 series will be starting up next week. So you can look forward to that. Uh, if any other Blackhawks news happens, we'll write about it. I don't know how much is going to happen for the next month. Cause it seems like everybody's signed. Everyone's under contract and they're just kicking the can down the road on that lawsuit. So I don't think anything's happening with that for a while either. So uh, we'll find between all the top 25 stuff. I'm sure we'll find some other things to write about just to entertain. Hopefully you and definitely ourselves. Um, so, yeah. I think that'll do it for this episode. So thank you very much for listening. Thanks to everyone else for hanging out. And as always, go Blackhawks.